much into the contest. It's Thursday, the 22nd of April. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here, Shane Lee. Did you watch the fight? I did watch the fight, and uh, Paul Gallen got the chocolates. I was on the back of, oh, I suppose, the end of a lunch with Lee with two St. George Dragons and Corey Pearce and Mark Gasnier. So uh, we had a few under the belt ourselves, but it was it was a good spectacle. Only a minute, 55 seconds. But uh, it's always good to watch a heavyweight boxing match. All righty. We're very excited here. Tomorrow we're going to give away the Spartan Rugby League ball signed by the Doggies, the Bulldogs ball, of course. So... Uh, you have the time, follow us on Afternoon Sport, our Twitter page, Afternoon Sport, or our Facebook page, one of those, and we will pick a lucky winner. Coming up on the show today, Ben Damon. He was there in Wollongong in the ring with the microphone. Also, the boss of New South Wales Rugby League, the Origin game next year will be taken to Perth. We'll talk to him about that. So Shane Lee, I know, look, Big Daddy Brown had no bigger fan than you. You wanted to see him wipe Paul Gallen out of the ring. It didn't happen. Uh, More importantly, it was completely the opposite. He got smashed. A minute and 55 seconds, Timmy. I think even you and I last longer than that. I don't. <laughs> but um, no, look, it was, uh, he, was, he was clearly out of nick, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he didn't look great. And, and Gallon's hungry. He wants to, he wants to make money. And um, he's beaten a world champion there. So, um, yeah, good on Paul Gallon. Yeah, well, he's taken home a, like a heavy paycheck for that one. And uh, look, I don't think anyone expected it to last that length of time. I mean, you now have to start to wonder where he can take it to. Um, New South Wales captain versus New South Wales captain... <laughs> Heavy dint on the mortgage. Do you reckon we might be able to get Lorraine to start twisting your arm? And uh, yeah, they, look, you know, respectfully, I think you both be in the same sort of class. You know what I mean? Both weight, same weight class. Respectfully, because I'd, I'd be one heavier. But um, yeah, what do you think? Look, I think that he would punch my head in. <laughs> but I tell you, I'm a runner, not a fighter, mate. Um, it's just good to see him stepping up. And uh, I, I suppose I was always just frustrated how many state of origins we lost when he was the leader. But, you know, I've got to give him credit for how well he boxed last night. Yeah, well, yeah, he did it. And it was a minute and 55 seconds. It was quite extraordinary, Paul Gallen. Now, we've seen a replacement for Eddie Maguire. Of course, Eddie was in the post for a long, long time, 23 years. Mark Corder, who's been on the board for the best part of 15 years himself, uh, takes the reins. Yep, and big, big shoes to fill. Um, Very, very different appointment here. Mark Corder... Pretty sure he's got a legal background. Um, Eddie Maguire has been a, a media person, always brought a lot of profile to the Collingwood Football Club. Eddie was always out singing from the rafters that the Collingwood uh, um, theme song. It's good to see Eddie not turning his back on the club either. He, he, he's a he's a magpie through and through. So it's um, yep, changing of the guard, but uh, and we'll see how he goes. Mark Corder, big shoes to fill. Yeah, he's done a fantastic job, Eddie, he really has. So uh, the baton has been handed across. We'll see how the mighty Collingwood can fare going forward. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, Ben Damon, of course, he was in the ring with the microphone last night. We'll get the lowdown from the man himself. Let's get ready to rumble. What a, what a night it was in Wollongong. And uh, the man himself, Ben Damon, joins us. Uh, Benny, how are you? Yeah, can't really believe what we just saw. Um, <laughs> Paul Gallen is a footy player and he just knocked out a former heavyweight champion of the world in the first round. Uh, Lucas Brown didn't look much good, uh, admittedly, but Paul Gallen is something else. He's so fit. He's so strong and he can punch as well. 
Uh, he said to me in the ring afterwards that he expected to stop him and he expected to stop him in the first round. I'm not sure about that. But, um, yeah, it was an incredible performance. It certainly was. And I was, I was hoping it was going to go the other way. But um, uh, there's a lot, lot of talk about um, him taking a dive. But I don't think he did. I think, I think he was just underdone, wasn't he? Oh, God, I don't, I don't think he took a dive. A couple no. of people have said that. But, um, yeah, he got hit with some good shots. I think his punch resistance might just be gone, Lucas Brown. He, he hasn't mm. won a significant fight since he won the world title in 2016. He's been knocked out a couple of times since then. Um, and, yeah, he came to the ring not looking in particularly good shape, but quite clearly he knew that he still had a big right hand and he tried to find it. You could see in the opening uh, 30 seconds or so, he was just waiting and pouring with his jab, trying to find that big right hand. He threw it. Paul Gallen caught it pretty uh, comfortably in his gloves and you could see that he got full of confidence straight away. And then uh, when he pressed forward, uh, there just wasn't much there from from Lucas Brown. And uh, he went down once, got up and the second time he went down, he took a bunch of shots. I thought he was going to get up, but he just couldn't. So, um, yeah, just uh, no, no, certainly no dive, but um, an incredible uh, performance from Paul Gallen, who is a lot better than anyone ever thought he would be. Look, he was particularly cranky early early on this morning, uh, Big Daddy Brown coming out saying to people who might have speculated on the dive, saying there's no way that happened. But one thing, look, and, and I found him a fascinating character to interview, Benny, like with, with his singing and, and all these other elements to who he is, Big Daddy Lucas Brown. But he gave us his rather elaborate McDonald's order with what he was going to eat after he knocked Paul Gallon out. Uh, the standard order is the uh, large double quarter pounder meal, no pickles, no onions, uh, extra double quarter pounder burger, 10 nuggets, and a uh, vanilla fish shake. I'm just wondering whether he went to Macca's on the way because he did look underdone. He, he did. He didn't look great. But he, he sort of prepares to the level that he thinks that he needs to. He's always done that. Um, and generally, he's knocked people out regardless. So he just thought, I'm fighting against a footy player who can't move his feet particularly well, who's just going to try and get in my face and throw a lot of shots. So I, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to just turn up, um, be as prepared as I need to be, throw the big right hand and knock him out. So... Yeah, he was um, he was gutted afterwards, Lucas Brown, and it, it is a gutting loss for him because he's been to the very top of the tree, yeah. won a version of the heavyweight world title, and now there really is nowhere left to go for him. So it, it is a heartbreaking uh, experience for a boxer when you do get to the end of the road. You can still put him in with Justice Hooney and the likes, but I don't know who wants to see it at this point, and that's a real shame for him. But um, Paul Gallen's the winner. Um, he, he was so very confident he could do this or, or do something like this. Plenty thought that maybe Paul Gallen outlasted uh, Lucas Brown because he's not a great preparer. Thought that he won this fight on points, but uh, I, I didn't hear anyone say that he was going to knock him out. Certainly no one say that he was going to stop him in the first round of the fight. Yeah, I think he might have been having a, only a thick shake last night, Timmy, after <laughs> the way he got punched in the face. But just a quick question, Ben. I'm not really that I favor with all the rules of boxing. I know you can't hit him in the back of the head, but there seemed to be a lot of shots last night on top of the head. Is that allowed? Well, you know, essentially you're meant to punch where you can in the front of the body and the face. But, um, yeah, it does happen. Um, mm. No one was intending on throwing uh, rabbit punches to the back or the top mm. of the head. Uh, that's That did happen at times, but um, it, it just does happen. So it's at the referee's discretion. Yep. But I think it, certainly in the main event, um, Lucas was uh, taking damage to, to everywhere he was being hit, and Paul Gallen threw a lot of shots late. Some of them caught him around the back and the top of the head, but um, the damage was already done.
Look, it's a lofty analogy, but th- there was a little bit, and you'll see what I mean, a little bit of Tyson-esque stuff in Gallon, wasn't it? That just that heavy-handedness, that just bang, bang, bang stuff that uh, Tyson was so famous for. Um, look, I'm not saying he's going to be the next Mike Tyson, but is he good enough to take this internationally, to take it to Vegas and, and, and maybe have a crack at someone? Well, he probably is good enough to take on um, a lot of fringe top, class heavyweight boxers around the world, but I don't think he wants to. Um, he wants to earn money. That's what he's all about. And he said that quite clearly in the ring afterwards and, and last night uh, at the after party as well. He doesn't care about uh, winning titles or trying to make a, a run as a legitimate heavyweight boxer. He just wants to continue to have these big mainstream fights to earn a lot of money and then to go off and be happy in his retirement. So he's looking at people like uh, Sonny Williams, maybe a, a Barry Hall rematch, both fights that he'd be a, a massive favourite in at this point. And uh, also potentially a fight against Justice Hooney, who is um, is someone who's making huge waves in, uh, in heavyweight boxing in Australia, the Australian heavyweight champion who's had three professional fights and uh, is – is someone he can make a, a big deal with. So um, I think they're the sorts of fights he'll look at. He won't be going overseas and working his way through the ranks and, and trying to get into a big uh, heavyweight fight or, or trying to win a world title or anything like that. He'll just be continuing to uh, show just how good he is as a crossover athlete. Mm, he's definitely done that. Is that, that the end for Big Daddy, you think? I think it has to be. Um, yeah. You can make more fights for him. Um, you can certainly get him a win and then bring him back into another fight, but uh, his punch resistance appears to be gone. Uh, his best days are behind him, and uh, clearly he doesn't have uh, the sort of drive to prepare the way that he needs to against these top-class heavyweights. So, yeah, I hope it is. He, he's such a such a fascinating character. He, he's such a good guy. Um, he's got all those different strings to his bow. He, he, he's a a freakishly big fellow who punches amazingly hard. He can sing. He's a really smart guy. <laughs> he, he, um, he, he's a, he's an interesting sort of a person, but um, yeah, when it's the end, it's the end. And I hope that he does sail off into the distance now and enjoy the fact that he is a former heavyweight world champion. Finally, uh, you, I know you've got a busy week because you've got to head to Canberra. There's a, a big night in Canberra, but what do you think of the idea of two New South Wales captains or two former New South Wales captains going at each other? Cause Shane <laughs> Lee, he's been very gobby about Paul Gallon. He's not a massive fan. S. Lee against Gallon. Ben, do you reckon that's something we can work on? Look, we've done worse uh, fights than that. I'll, I'll just wear a Queensland jersey. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be fine. Look, I, I don't think you get to wear a jersey in the actual ring, so you will have to get your shirt off. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. I'm out. I'm out now. Yeah, I, I thought you might be. Um, look, look, we can try. Um, do you want to have a warm-up fight against someone? Well, I'm sure we could find someone for you and then uh, try and build it. But you're right, Tim. We do have a, a, a big uh, night in Canberra on Friday night. So uh, straight off to see Brock Jarvis, who's the protege of Jeff Fennick, mm. um, fighting in his next uh, big bout against Nort Beauchamp. That'll be live on Fox Sports on Friday night. So um, straight into it. A massive month it's been of boxing. It's only three weeks ago that we were talking about Tim Zoo's mm. big victory. And uh, now we're talking about Paul Gallen knocking out Lucas Brown in the first round. Unbelievable. Benny, you are the best in the business, doing a fantastic job. We really appreciate you coming on Afternoon Sport, watching you on, on Fox Sports. And I know what Shane Lee, if we did the interview prior to the fight, what is your prediction for this fight, <laughs> Shane? My prediction for this fight is pain. Catch you soon, Ben. Thanks a lot, fellas. Enjoy. Bye-bye. Thanks, Benny. Bye-bye.
Coming up on Afternoon Sport, New South Wales Rugby League Chief Executive Officer, David Trodden. PlaySport is calling Game On for a new way to play, a free platform to explore and be inspired to connect to thousands of sport, rec and well-being activities in your community. Just go to playsport.com. PlaySport, whatever moves you. Joining us now is the Chief Executive Officer of New South Wales Rugby League, David Trodden. How are you? I'm well, Tim. How are you? Good, good, good. Hey, Dave, only six weeks to the first state of origin, you little beauty. How exciting. You know, announcements and exciting announcements to play in rugby league at the moment, I think, Shane. Yeah, well, tell us a bit more about uh, this fresh one because uh, we went to Perth a couple of years ago now and it was a huge success. Of course, that was pre-COVID. And next year, we're going back to Perth. It seems this is the successful template, a game in Sydney, a game in Brisbane, and we'll take this third one somewhere else. Yeah, I think I think that's the way of the future. The template has certainly worked, and um, I see I see no reason for it to change. And I think um, the progression on the existing template is is perhaps to uh, to take that third game, uh, perhaps not to another state in Australia, but maybe um, somewhere overseas, whether whether that be New Zealand or Southeast Asia or somewhere like that. I reckon that's. Uh, potentially the next exciting development um, in in the state of origin story. Yeah, fantastic. Now Wayne Bennett not happy overnight, mate. He reckons that uh, the the Latrell uh, decision four weeks was a disgrace. What what are your thoughts on that? Oh well, you're always going to have differences of opinion over uh, over lengths of suspension. I think what Wayne said was that um, he thought that it was appropriate that Latrell was charged over the incident with David Nofaluma, but what he maybe disagreed with was the length of the suspension. And I think the major part of the debate seems to be about that, the length of the suspension rather than the charge. From a from a purely selfish point of view, you know, that puts Latrell out until a couple of weeks before um, Origin 1. So it would have been great from a New South Wales point of view to have him playing all that time. You know, administrators have a really difficult role to play in terms of making sure that, that rules are complied with and player safety is never compromised. And so it's a difficult issue. I see both sides of the story. But from a selfish point of view, I would have loved to have seen Latrell continue to play. Uh, Trotto, uh, Tommy Rodonikas, that was a really nice memorial service at the Sydney Cricket Ground this week for a true blue, our first captain, and just an extraordinary personality. He, he broke the mould. There'll never be another Tommy. Yeah. Um, so, so Tommy to New South Wales is really what Arthur Beechin is to Queensland. I mean, his his status in our organisation is at that level. And um, interestingly, Tim, you know, you, you hear a lot of the the sort of tributes um, uh, and the stories told about Tommy. A lot of them, a lot of them relate to different incidents that have happened on the field, and I reckon they. People sort of underestimate the real Tommy Radonica story because the real the real story for me has got nothing to do with um, incidents on the field or stories mm. off the field. What it's really about is the magic of sport and and how it doesn't matter what school you you you, um, you went to, it doesn't matter who your parents are. Sports a great leveler, and yeah, so long as you're prepared to have a crack. And, and leave um, nothing in the tank. You know, good things happen to you. And, uh, and, and you know, you get on a sporting field, 
Um, it doesn't matter what the odds um, seem to be against you. As I said, you have a crack and good things happen. And that's the real, I reckon that's the real importance of the, the Tommy Radonica story because he, what, that's what he showed to um, everybody that he played with and everybody who watched him. And I think, and I think that's, that's how people were inspired by him um, in, in, in a real sense. No, beautifully said, Dave. Now, I, um, yesterday I, on my other podcast, Lunch with Lee, I did a bit of a St. George Dragons uh, podcast. I had two greats on there, Corey Pearson <laughs> and Mark Gasnier, mate. And, but we got, so Anzac Day, the Dragons take on the Roosters. You must be pumped for that as well. It's a wonderful occasion, isn't it, um, mm. the, the Anzac Day game? It's really developed over the last 10 years into a really special day. And, um, you know, the Dragons are going pretty well this year. That's going to yeah. be a really competitive game. So um, who did Corey Pearson tip um, just out of interest, Shane? <laughs> uh, well, he had to go for the Dragons, mate, of course. He didn't play for the Roosters. He played for the Tigers, St. George and Parramatta, I think. So uh, And and Jermaine Rugby Club and Peterson <laughs> Cricket Club and um, a very talented sportsman, Corey Pearson. It, it, was, it was the longest lunch with Lee we've had, by the way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> just finished an hour ago. <laughs> and Shane, what surprises me about that? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Corey Peaches Pearson, I saw him the other day, ran like Fred Flintstone. He had these very nimble feet for a 100-plus kilo individual. Uh, Trotto, I know you've got a busy day, but look, uh, looking ahead to Origin, of course, as Shane mentioned, six weeks away, uh, the game is is in good nick at the moment. What, what are you thinking of, of the new rules and the way it's all, all working out? Well, I mean, the, the speed of the game um, is uh, exceptional at the moment. And when you you make rule changes like that, there's always sort of winners and losers, aren't there? And I see Trent Merrin has retired and maybe got to a point where the speed of the game doesn't suit his style. And that's probably, you know, it probably doesn't suit the style of some of the, some of the bigger guys, but it certainly does re- re-engage the ability of some of the smaller halves and the, and the hookers and, and the like. So I don't hear too many people criticise the spectacles that we're now seeing. I hear some people say, of course, that, you know, winning margins are getting wider, but we've only had those new rules for a relatively short period of time. And those things tend to adjust over time. You know, people get used to them and um, those those margins, I'm sure, will compress over time. So I'm, I'm a fan of the new rules. How are, you, how are you coping with all the HIA stuff, Dave? So we've had a, a fairly solid HIA regime for a couple of years now, Shane. Mm-hmm. So in New South Wales competitions, we've had an 18th man replacement that's sort of unconditional operating for a few seasons now. Mm-hmm. And so the one the one qualification that we've put on it is to say that if you're replaced with a HIA, you must sit out the next week. And we've found that that the mandatory um, sit out for the, the following week tends to stop any sort of tactical um, uh, replacements by coaches because mm-hmm. if you do that, you know, the penalty is that you've, you've lost that player for the next week. And so... We found that it works really well. I know that the um, the science on CTE and concussions is not is not settled, but really, uh, what that means for an administrator is you can't afford to take any chances. That's right. And um, and so we have to always err on the side of of caution with um, the way we deal with concussions and make sure that player safety is absolutely um, at the at the apex of our thinking. Yeah, that that tomfoolery that we saw in Melbourne the other night. I I think uh, in light of that, a rule that New South Wales Rugby League has in place, like the rule it does, and you just spoke to, is something that could be brought into the NRL or very much thought about. David Trodden, we always appreciate you coming on Afternoon Sport. Always great to talk to you. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app. So you don't miss a big thank you to Ben Damon and David Trodden. And thank you to Spartan Sports, Shona. Yeah, they've got a great new website, Spartan Sports, www.spartansportshq.com. And best in the business when it comes to podcast production, our producer, Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow afternoon with your daily dose of sports news. Catch you then. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.